Welcome to Sea of Fire Ministries Podcast with Pastor James Myers. And now, we dive into the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at the Ascension. Uh, just a couple of ways by introduction. If it weren't for the book of Acts, we wouldn't know about all of the specifically after the ascension all of the Old Testament uh, fulfillments of the prophecy remember Christ came the Christianity has her roots in Judaism and without the book of Acts we grossly underserved insofar as uh, knowing and and seeing more of the manifestations of that fulfillment the ascension is essential it's actually it it completes the entirety of the uh, his redemption toward us uh, not only his, inc- his incarnation, not only his earthly ministry, not only his death on the cross, not only his burial, not only his resurrection, but without the ascension, our redemption would still be earthbound. Um, without him going to the Father, returning to the Father, our redemption is not complete. So the ascension was essential. That's kind of the short way I want to introduce this. Again, I'm going to let most of the scripture do the talking. So those are just a few things by way of introduction. I have a couple of verses that I just wanted to share with y'all because I've been telling y'all only those who God gives ears to hear, hear the gospel. A lot of people will, will, will you know, hear it with their ears, but truly the only, only the ones that God manifests is himself in and through actually hear it. And you can see, you'll see some of this throughout. And, and the reason I chose John was because Luke is the companion, you know, I, I told y'all Acts is really kind of the gospel of Luke part two. Um, but I, the reason I wanted to uh, primarily focus on John is because really all of the, all of the Bible are companions. Uh, so J- John is also a companion to the book of Acts and the, and the gospel of Luke. And I go into a little bit of Ephesians. I really wanted to use more, but I figured I, I wanted to kind of use just one so they y'all have a reference you know at least uh, initially for for seeking that out for yourselves so that's one you know he who is of god hears god's word therefore you do not hear because you are not of god he's talking to the pharisees the second one remember uh during one of my conclusions during our rebirth series i i said uh as christians we will never die that actually comes from christ um and i'm going to read the entire thing it's from eight so john when I, when I do the numbers from now on until I go to Ephesians, this is all John. Uh, John eight forty eight through 59. So then Jesus answered and said to him, Pharisees said, do we not rightly say that you are Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judge, judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. There you go. Now, what follows... Let me go ahead and read it. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead in the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Do you make yourself, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. If I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That's Christ proclaiming himself to be God. There's Yahweh. That's the I am. Remember from the meeting uh, with Moses in the burning bush? That's how 
uh, you know, he, and he's asking uh, God, who, you know, if they ask me, you know, who sent you, you know, who is this God? What's his name? What should I tell him? And he says, I am who I am. It's the same word. Uh, and so they, they wanted to kill him then. Uh, he has, a, you know, when it's not his time, it, it doesn't get into details how. He kind of slips through the midst of them because they all picked up stones to stone him. And then he just kind of goes through the midst of everybody and doesn't have to deal with it. Uh, but it's a, it's a huge uh, narrative uh, for that. But I mostly wanted to uh, show you that, you know, Christ does say that uh, we would never actually see death. So let's start at John 61 through 60. Uh, 65. Uh, this is 661. This is after, a, it's, it's, it's a narrative that he's explaining that he came down from heaven, uh, that he's the bread of life, and all that. So it's, it's contextually there. But let me just read it real quickly and we'll, we'll say a word or two about it. Uh, so when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. So there's part of, um, he says, you know, does this offend you? And many disciples turned away from him because it was a hard saying. You know, basically he's saying, uh, those who eat of my flesh, those who drink of my blood are of me. And, and, and the Father... Uh, loves that you know and, and all that kind of a thing um, and so he's asking him does this offend you what then if you should see the son of man ascend where he was before in other words that's where I'm from and we'll see going through this everybody's wondering you know uh, we know where this man is from this you know we know his father is Joseph we know you know all this kind of a stuff and he's really point, pointing toward no that's not really where I'm from <laughs> it's not really where I'm from uh, so 7, 28, and 29, this was in response to the murmurings and curiosities regarding where he was from. So again, just like I said, then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple saying, You both know me and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Now we're going to see as we go along, particularly in the book of Acts, remember I told you how it's a Trinitarian influence. Because God the Father sends the Son, and the Son comes, and then the Son sends the Spirit, and the Spirit comes. And, and basically, the book of Acts is the Spirit sending out the church. Okay, And so he's talking about, first of all, he's from him, and he sent me. Now, the chief priests sent officers to take him um, after uh, this that back and forth. Um, and Jesus said to them, I shall be with so this is uh, 733 and 34 sorry uh, then Jesus said to them I shall be with you a little while longer and then I go to him who sent me you will seek me and not find me and where I am you cannot come so again that's just still going on to that same uh, same concept uh, 737 through 39 this is about the coming of the spirit on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, so it's the, last day, it's the last day of the great day of the feast, and he's crying out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. 
So there it is. He had to ascend. His glorification is his ascension. Remember, that's the coronation. He's being coronated as king. In time eternity, the father was sending the son in the fullness of time, which was when he came. Not because time is done, but in the fulfillment, the, the fullness of the time that God had determined, he came, did everything he was sent to do, and now he's going and returning as king. Uh, and that's his glorification. Uh, so he had to ascend to be glorified, and he had to ascend, send the Spirit. Where he is from and where he's going. So now we're going to do chapter 8, uh, verse 13 through 30. Uh, the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Remember I told you you had to have at least two witnesses for it to be verifiable or dependable. Uh, Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and, I, and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You, you know neither me nor my father. If you, do, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had yet not yet come. There it is again. Uh, then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where you go, I cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And, then, and Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand what he, that he spoke of, uh, to them of the Father. And Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as, my, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. So again, you'll see also, if you would have known me, you would know the Father. I and the Father are one. He tells Philip that later on, and I'm pretty sure that's in uh, part of what um, I have laid out for today anyway. So we'll get to that. But also, uh, let's look at uh, chapter 10, verse 18 and 17. Uh, this is about the good shepherd. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down my, of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This power, this command I have received from my father. This talks, oh, that, I'm sorry, going back, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, when, when Jesus said, so we weren't going to see it again. Uh, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. That's the cross. Remember that lifting up is the Christ, just like lifting up the bronze serpent. Okay, go back down to chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my li uh, life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Remember, his crucifixion wasn't a surprise to God. It was a plan uh, of God. It was his redemptive plan and it was his redemptive action so christ is saying i lay down my life of my own volition you know yes it's by the hands of of, of evil men but that's what we 
you know, that's what I decided was going to be this whole time. And I lay it down of myself. And, and God the Father has given me the ability to take it back up again. That's his resurrection. Same chapter, verses 24 through 30. I and the, this is about I and the Father are one. It's, it, it leads into the Trinity. Uh, then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Okay, that, so we'll look more into the Trinity uh, as, as, as the weeks go on. The, the, the Trinity is, is a mystery, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll look at it as well as we can. Um, chapter 11, well, I have several verses here, 25, 26, uh, and 43. This is during the, when he raised Lazarus. The verse 25 and 26 is Jesus said to her, Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And then it goes, to, now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. So whenever you see, you know, he cried with a loud voice or he cried out. In the you have to understand, he's, the, the, when he commanded Lazarus to come forth, he is yelling it. He, he, it's a command, it's a strong command from coming from the Son of God to raise this man from the dead. And he's commanding him with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, after these things, I just found it interesting in verse 40, uh, I'm sorry, in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Beth Bethany, where, where Lazarus, uh, who had been dead, uh, whom he had raised from the dead, who what was who had been dead, he, uh, whom he raised from the dead. Uh, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Now that, I believe, is a depiction of that great feast. On that great day, so remember when Jesus took and ate in, at the, uh, after he rose from the dead and he's with his disciples and I thought it was just kind of funny because they're all despondent and everything and he's like, you got anything to eat? He also has breakfast with them uh, on, the, uh, on the beach. Uh, kind of a thing, and um, but eating's awesome, right? Especially in the, in, in in a company of, uh, of of several people, and I've been to huge family. I mean, I know you have huge family gatherings where there are a ton of people there, and there's a ton of food, and that's great. That just doesn't even compare in comparison to that great feast we will have. And I just think this is kind of a beautiful indication of what that is. Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, is now sitting. Uh, at the table uh, with with Christ, I just think it's sweet. Um, chapter twelve, uh, verses twelve through sixteen. This is indicative of uh, the disciples not understanding everything he's saying until he was glorified. So we're going to go through this. This is this is his great triumphal entry, uh, which we'll look at more uh, more at in another time. But that's where he comes into Jerusalem, riding on the on the donkey, and everybody's praising him. Uh, so the next day, a great multitude who, uh, that had come to the feast, when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, a praising uh, word. Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They're basically claiming and, and proclaiming him king. 
Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Then the final verse is, His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and uh, that they had done these things to him. So that just, again, is indicative of after his glorification, after his ascension, after he sends his spirit, then every then they're awakened then they 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 understand more of not only what what he said but the meaning behind it the fulfillment behind it all of that but he they didn't they didn't so even during his earthly earthly ministries much of what christ is saying about himself that we all take for granted that oh well we can see the end from the beginning again they didn't they weren't there they don't know what's coming but for sure, before they were uh, uh, empowered by the Spirit, they definitely didn't know. Uh, and then, uh, cha- same chapter, verse 34, the people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son, the son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? They just didn't understand about the Christ. Uh, so, and then verse 37 through 41 is about who believes. But although he had said uh, had done so many signs bef- uh, uh, before them, they did not believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's Isaiah 53, uh, verse 1. Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. That's Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. These things Isaiah said when he, uh, when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Again, so uh, in Isaiah, he sees the Lord high and lifted up. The tri- so he, he w- goes into the temple and he sees uh, the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe. Have you ever seen a royal procession? Uh, especially back in the day, so uh, when, when, when king is getting coordinated or any royalty getting coordinated, it's a very posh. It's a very, it's a very fancy thing, uh, but but they have these, you know, you can you would always uh, determine the strength of the reign of this king based on the train of their robe. So how long? I mean, you think about like a wedding dress and how long the train is. Well, Isaiah saw the train of the robe filled the temple. There wasn't enough space. It was it was that big. He's just the grandest. I mean, he is the king of kings. But specifically, he's saying, first of all, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who's believed our report? Then this is uh, Isaiah's prophecy again coming from God. So he is, God has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. God is determining who shall and shall not be saved. And those who are not going to be saved, he's, hard, he's blinding their eyes and he's hardening their hearts, lest they should see, lest they should understand, and turn so that he should heal them. Chapter 13, verse 1. This is about Jesus knowing his hour had come. Uh, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. This is just before, uh, well, slightly before his crucifixion. This is, you know, we're gonna, he gets in the, uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, but this is this is his going into Jerusalem for this for the purpose of his crucifixion, for the purpose of his laying down his life, uh, and he knew that. And ultimately, 
of his glorification as well, as we'll see. So, uh, same chapter, verse 8. So Jesus gets up, clothes off, and he puts, his, uh, puts a little linen cloth around him. And he goes around and he's washing all the disciples' feet. And he comes to Peter, uh, and, and Peter's like, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And then, you know, Peter's like, Well, wash all of me. And he's like, Hello. And he says other stuff. But this, is, this goes back to that cleansing. I mean, Jesus, Jesus, again, the servant of servants. Remember, uh, a, a slave, a Jewish slave, wouldn't even have to untie the sandals of their masters. And here he is washing their feet the Lord of Lords washing his disciples' feet. It's incredible. But if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. That's critical. Uh, chapter, uh, same chapter, verse 20. I just found this fascinating. It's, I called it the links of the gospel. Uh, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives, whomever I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. So you see the chain? First of all, this is alluding definitely to the apostles. Our testimony, our testifying of Christ, lies on their shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of the apostles in the testimony through and from his spirit, but they actually witnessed the resurrection. And we are standing on their testimony uh, and, and believing necessarily through their testimony. Uh, but also those faithful ministers who he does send, not just preachers, anybody, uh, but any true child of God whom he sends, receives him, receives Christ, and whoever receives Christ receives him who, he who sent him, which is God the Father. See the chain? Because whoever receives Christ receives the, you know, receives the Father. Whoever believes in the Son believes in the Father. Whoever knows the Son knows the Father. All that. Um, chapter, same chapter, uh, 31 through 38. This is Christ's new commandment. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you. First of all, pay attention real quickly, because we're about to get into chapter 14, and it starts a certain way. So notice what he's telling them, though. Okay, this kind of sad news coming to, to his uh, disciples. No, that stinks. Uh, <laughs> Um, because he's telling them that I'm going away, and where I go, you can't even come. So it's not just that he's going away, but he, they can't come where he's, where he's going. So, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, same thing, uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, you, uh, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now this is, I, I, again, I, I, I wish I had more time. Uh, and we will, eventually. Um, but the so he's already he's telling his disciples specifically now. Now it's not just the recalcitrant Jews uh, who hate him. It, these are the people who love him, and he's telling them, "I'm going away." Um, and and then what follows with Peter? And Peter's all, "Oh, I'll totally, man, don't worry about it. I'll lay down my life. I'll die for you." 
And Christ is like, will you lay, lay down your life for my sake? First of all, you're going to deny me three times on my way to my grave and when I'm dying for you. Uh, so let's go ahead and read all of chapter 14. What I just read is just before this chapter. Uh, and this is a very famous chapter. All the Christians love this chapter. Uh, Let not your hearts, heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Gosh, I want to stop right there. I have to stop right there. But first of all, let not your hearts be, be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it, many places. Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. you I love you so much, I, I will never deceive you. I would never deceive you. If it weren't, like, if it weren't this way, I would have told you. I, I go to prepare a place for you. That's another reason he's ascended. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think that speaks for itself, and so I'm just going to move along. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Again, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you, do not, you have not known me, Philip? He who has sent me has seen the Father. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can, so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. He says this over and over again. But the Father who dwells, dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves, whatever it takes. <laughs> believe either what I'm saying or what I do. Remember, remember in the book of uh, Luke, or in the book of Acts, even Luke uh, points back to his former account of, of all the, both the things Jesus began to do and to teach. He did miracles. He did signs and wonders, and he taught. So there, it's a <laughs> duality there of, uh, of, of different things. So he's saying, if you can't believe what I'm saying because it's too much for you, don't you see? Did, I mean, Lazarus was totally dead. <laughs> you know, what, have you ever seen anybody do that? All right. Um, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, uh, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. First when he says, most surely I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. That's because Christ uh, focused his, his ministry was only to Jews. Okay, And so what he's saying, I mean, they're, they're not going to do a greater work than him. I mean, he, he came to fulfill all the work necessary. But what he's saying is, they're going to expand my name. The, the, their works are going to be out uh, further into the ends of the earth. And they, they are empowered to uh, do many signs and wonders, as we'll see throughout the book of Acts. But uh, that's, what, that's, that's what he's alluding to. And whatever you ask in my name, that's important. Uh, many Christians think that if they just say, in the name of Christ, give me a Mercedes, then they're, they're asking in his name. His name is who he is. 
Okay, so if you ask anything in his name that goes apart against his name, <laughs> don't expect a Mercedes. All right. Um, Jesus, okay. Uh, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Remember the commandment was love one another just as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and I will, uh, and I will be in you, or and, and will be in you, the Spirit will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another word is paraclete, uh, which is somebody who comes alongside of this helper is the spirit again uh, if you love me and i will pray the father after his, you know after his ascension which we're going to look at spe specifically about him praying his intercessory prayer in his ascension uh but uh so i'll pray the father and he will uh, he will give you another helper and it's the spirit that he may, may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you what he's saying here though is for he who do, he he dwells with you, he's likening himself to the spirit. The spirit is not dwelling with them right now. He is. The spirit comes after his ascension. He is with them. So uh, he for he dwells with you. It's Christ, and will be in you, which is also Christ manifested in the spirit to fill his people. Uh, so, verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? My goodness. So I'm just going to let that, I'm going to let a lot of this talk for, speak for itself. Uh, verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, so it's, Judas uh, Iscariot is the one who betrays him. Uh, there are two Judas, obviously. Uh, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to, to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. I mean, that speaks for itself as well, uh, but uh, talking about he and the Father coming to make their home with you, that's the Spirit. That's why it's the Trinity. Okay, when he's talking about the Father and, the, and Christ coming and dwelling through the Spirit, they're all one. They're all one. God the Father and God, and, and God the Son is indwelling us in the Spirit. They're all one. Okay? Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. There you go. That's, that goes back to once, the, uh, once he's ascended and he sends the Spirit, then this kind of quickens or wakes up uh, the disciples into all of the other things he had said before and how that applies. They remember everything, and, and then they're, they're able to kind of piece things together and understand. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I mean, of course they're going to be troubled. Of course they're going to be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world uh, may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me a commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here.
That I think that speaks for itself. I mean, right? That speaks for itself. Okay. Let's look at uh, going into chapter 15. Let's go to verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than, uh, has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have, uh, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask my father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command to you that, so that you will love one another. There you go. There, there's this command that you love one another as, as, as he has loved us. Uh, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That's what he's about to do. You are my friends. He's not calling them servants anymore. And, and he goes on to say, uh, for you know, a servant, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not cho choose me, but I chose you. That goes into election. Uh, going on to verse 26 and 27, this is the Spirit's witness. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send uh, to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That's part of what the Spirit is going, what the Holy Spirit is going to be doing. So let's jump up to chapter 16, verse 7. And this is where I've told you, uh, I've told you before, where Christ says, it's to your advantage, basically, that I go away. This is exactly it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so same chapter, uh, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but, I, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all, truth, all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, just like Christ did. Uh, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will, uh, he, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Again, this goes to what the Spirit, all of this is what the Spirit will be doing as we go into the book of Acts. That's what I'm doing. I, I, want, to, I want to emphasize the, his ascension was crucial for our redemption, but it's also crucial in his sending his Spirit uh, for the, uh, for the, uh, for the pronunciation, for the witness of Christ in and through his Spirit, in and through his church. All right, let's jump to Ephesians. Only one other book I wanted to use, and, and I, uh, I jumped onto Ephesians. Uh, so it's going to be Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. This is Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. There's the hope. Uh, what are the riches of the, the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, uh, that, uh, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him as, at his right hand in the heavenly place. That's his ascension. Uh, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. 
And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be a head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So that just goes to, again, after, after his ascension, he's seated at the right hand of God and given all dominion. Every, all is his. Let's go to chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is the revealed mystery of the, of the, of, uh, of the Gentiles being included. Remember that how I was emphasizing to you how much of a shock that was to Jews, uh, but but he's saying here um, the the Spirit has revealed the mystery that you know that that's that and Scripture had said that along the way as well. Old, that's in the Old Testament. Uh, finally, before uh, the concluding prayer, this is going to be ver, uh, chapter four, verse seven through ten. This is the gift of His ascension. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. That's the Spirit. And that's Psalm 68, verse 16. And then in parenthetically, so in parentheses, Paul adds, now this, he ascended, what does it mean that, uh, but that he also first descended in the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. That's why he ascended. His ascension completes, and now he has power and dominion over all things. All things are under his feet. So again, uh, primarily the, the, the three main focal points I wanted to uh, um, kind of highlight to you all in this specifically is the transition, first of all, from his... Uh, uh, crucifixion and burial and resurrection and his ascension so the transition going in into, into Acts the necessity of his ascension the, because without his ascension first of all our redemption isn't complete neither is the spirit sent for the proclamation of, and the witness of Christ uh, through the spirit and, and through the church ultimately though his ascension primarily is his glorification is his exaltation that is how we will see him. When we, when we are before his throne, it says, before, when we, on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, confess that he is Lord uh, and Lord over all things as he is, as he ascended. And, and remember, when, uh, when um, he ascends, uh, all the apostles are looking up because <laughs> he's just taken away <laughs> and they're like they're all staring gazing in the, and the two angels uh, show up and they're like why are you gazing into heaven what are you doing uh, that's this same Jesus will come back to you in like manner he's coming on clouds he's coming back just the way he came, he left okay this is his coronation this is his glorification yes it's necessary and thank God for it, for that fulfillment, for his ascension, for his people. But all of this is for him, okay? We are merely the harvest of what he's done. We are merely the, we are, we are the gifts that, we are, we are the gifts that the Father is giving to the Son. Duly, he's earned through his blood and sacrifice, through his manifestation, through his uh, trials and sufferings and, and spitting upon. The crucifixion was 
ugly. And by the way, we always see Christ uh, up on the cross, you know, and he's got a linen cloth around him. There was no linen cloth. Remember in the garden, the shame of nakedness? He was hung on the cross naked and torn apart. And stop there, but I'm going to read chapter 17 and not say a thing about it. I'm going to try not to cry. Every time I read this, I cry. Uh, but I'm going to try not to. Uh, chapter 17, Christ's high priestly prayer. Christ is our high priest. Remember, he, he, he's the fulfillment of the king, the prophet, and the priest, and of all th- other things. But he is our great high priest who intercedes for us. The priest is the one who prayed for the people. He would sacrifice for the people, and he would intercede for the people. And that's what Christ does in, in heaven. But this is what he does here. Um, one, we're going to read all through. I'm not going to say a thing about it. That's all I'm going to say. And then we'll read the poem and pray. You ready? <clears throat> Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them to them, I'm sorry, for I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all, are my, all, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be, be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. That's Judas. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray you should take them out of the world, but that you, you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them I also have sent them into the world and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you Father are in me and I in you. They also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, 
and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Oh, this is going to be pathetic. O holy Christ, O Lord of all, thou who suffered much in strife, who bore our death from our great fall, then rose again to give us life, to, how, to heaven thou didst ride the clouds, to rule and reign at God's right hand, sent the Spirit to thy, churches, to thy church endowed, to reap thy harvest through every land, to witness and proclaim God's Son, empowered by the Holy Ghost, to live in love and serve as one, to glorify the Lord of hosts. Grant us now thy holy flame, and grace to heed thy call, for ours shall be thy given name, when thou hast renewed all. Thank you for listening to CF Fire Ministries podcast with Pastor James Myers. We hope you enjoy this message. Please subscribe and follow us. Tune in as we continue in the book of Acts.